Welcome to The Table. Welcome to The Table is a podcast put out by the good people of Pulpit Rock Church in Colorado Springs. It's an opportunity for us to sit around a table with uh, interesting and fun people and have the kinds of conversations that we think are helpful to our journey of faith. This season, I'm really excited about our focus and some of our guests. This is season three, and we are diving into a phrase called being sent. What does that mean? And uh, we're taking our cue from something that Jesus said after the resurrection. He appeared to his disciples, and after they got over the shock of of his uh, physical presence there with them, he looked at them, and this is out of John chapter 20, and he said this to them, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And so what did Jesus mean when he said that? And we're going to unpack that over this season when just by hearing some different stories of how different people in different walks of life are all trying to walk this story out and trying to live as sent people. So that's going to be our conversation for this season. And I'm excited to have with me today a good friend of mine and my co-host, Kyle Collins. Hey, Thomas. How you doing? I'm good. Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. A little cold outside. Tomorrow's Valentine's. It's nice and warm here in the studio. Mm. So Kyle, what are you what are you planning for Valentine's Day? Well, we have a fun tradition of doing fondue together. So we have a few fondue pots. They only come out about once a year for Valentine's, okay. but we'll do some some cheese and chocolate fondue. Well, unfortunately, this podcast is going to come out way after Valentine's Day. Yeah. And so maybe next year some guys could get some little inspiration from that. Yeah, that's good. I'm happy to loan my pots out too. Okay. You know. Great. Well, Kyle, why don't you introduce our guests that are going to be with us for this uh, first episode of season three, talking about being sent. Yeah, I'm excited to have some friends uh, with us today. And both of these folks were actually co-workers at one time. Uh, We're here with Nate and Katie Beth Huntley. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Uh, Nate and Katie Beth are uh, coaches and trainers. Uh, They're some strategic partners of ours, and they work with an organization called LifeWorks. Would you tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure. Yeah, happy to. Uh, Well, LifeWorks is, yeah, it's all about helping people be able to uh, do some self-discovery and really be able to live out some spiritual transformative uh, practices in in seeking out self-discovery because we see that lives, lives are transformed when people do those things, when they just really dive deep into, well, who am I? What's my story? Well, what's my personality like? What are my natural strengths and how those things work together? So when looking at story and personality and strengths, and we we look at some other things as well, but those are some primary ways that are really tangible uh, things that people can grasp and hold on to to say, wow, what does God really set me up for? How can I be able to impact the world in a way that God has specifically created me and situated me for? So what's the closest areas of influence that I have? And it's really key to be able to look at what God has placed inside of us to be able to know how are we going to be able to uh, work that out in the world. So that's basically what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I, I don't have much to add on that. I think, um, yeah, we get to work full time as missionaries with an organization here in town. Um, it looks a little different than most people think about missionaries because we are stateside um, and then we travel to where the need is for this um, this program, essentially, that we get to walk people through. Um, so there's the blessing of being able to still be, be near family and friends and be in the U.S., 
Um, but then Nate oftentimes is the one traveling overseas um, within the country, wherever that need is and wherever we're invited um, and can make it happen to go visit and walk different groups of people through um, understanding who they are, understanding their story, getting to reframe that story and mm. those parts, those negative experiences. Um, and then also understand how we have been uniquely designed and, and the strengths that we've been uniquely equipped with. Um, and then how, how we can walk into what God has in store for us to be able to best impact the kingdom and, and really just be able to influence others, um, in a way that, that God would have us do. So I want to go back to something you just said, Katie Beth, you just uh, talked about us walking into what God has in store for us. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you might unpack that a little bit, because it, it, it sounds like the verse I read a minute ago about Jesus saying, I'm sending you. I almost just thought that there, there's, there's something that, that is in store for you, and I'm sending you there. And can you unpack a little bit of how you, get, you see that play out in the people that you guys coach? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the last part of the LifeWorks curriculum um, is looking at our destiny. And we talk about how um, in our destiny as believers, we are given to, um, there's the great commission of of go and make disciples. And then there's the great commandment of love God and love others. And so we unpack that a little bit with everyone that we walk through life works with. Uh, but we truly believe that everybody has been sent. They have been, um, been not ordered, but sent by Christ when he said, go and make disciples and go love God and love others. And so, um, I think wrapping up the curriculum in that way really um, helps people realize that that call has been made on their life, whether they're believers or not. Um, we're able to encourage them and help them realize that those things are, I guess, expected of them a little bit or that they can um, they can move forward knowing that they have a calling. I think one of the things that has been most paradigm shifting for me when I think about this idea of being sent is that it's not just missional activity, it's not just vocation, but it's actually part of our identity as the people of God. And so it's not just what we do, it's who we are. And so when you talk about identity, I love this idea of approaching it through coaching and helping people uncover, because when we're trying to discover maybe our own sentness, it is deeply connected to who we are and how God's created us and how he's wired us because it's part of our identity as, as just the people of God. And so for you, what does that maybe personally look like in your uncovering and discovering of your own personal identity? And then what does that look like for people that walk through the LifeWorks program as you coach and train? It really comes down to what what's your story? That's where we start out. That's where God starts out. I mean, we look at, we look at scripture and it's just the collection of hundreds and thousands of people's stories and that's how god's narrative is is unpacked and it's not just a sanitized sort of safe version of somebody's story uh, we get to see the the grit and the pain the hardship uh, and that's really what people where we need to start that's what people really want to have come out and that's really what God draws out of us as well um, he wants our whole heart he wants our whole life and our stories are just wrapped up in that. They form who we are. And so 
it's really great being able to uh, personally uh, be able to experience that. That's what drew me to this drew me to this ministry in the first place was being able to have a forum that I could not just tell the safe, sanitized, you know, 10 minute testimonial walking through the church halls, just passing by somebody, but to be able to intentionally sit down with somebody for an hour, two hours, five hours, and just unpack everything Mm -hmm. that I've been through and having somebody sit alongside me and go, okay, that negative instance where you experienced abuse, do you think that's what God really wanted for you? These negative moments where you had people speaking lies into your life of you're not worth anything. Do you think that's what God says over you? I never really thought about that. Hmm. And to have somebody intentionally ask me those things and, and give me some verses that displayed the character of Christ and also scriptures that you know show what is consistent with who he is, made me go, oh, no, that isn't what Christ wants for me. Um, that isn't what he's brought me to this earth for, to be wrapped up in this, this negative identity association stuff. But to be able to walk past it or to be able to go past it, not say that it didn't happen, but just see Jesus in those moments, that's really the freeing part. Mm-hmm. And you'll go, okay, God, you're with me in those, in those hardest moments of my life. I can be able to stay with confidence now that, wow, you are with me today and tomorrow and all the negative moments that might come, but being able to proactively go, you know what, Jesus, you're with me. Mm-hmm. I can get through this. I can get through any storm because you're there. You always have been. You always will be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very personal for me because I've experienced that. And getting to do that with others around the world, it's the coolest thing in the world to see just the lights come on and go, oh, my gosh. I, I, I don't have to be captive by this identity of a, for instance, a human trafficking uh, victim in Indonesia. I can be able to move forward and say, yes, I've been impacted by this, but Jesus freed me from it. Mm. You know, um, pastors that are in, in Africa that experienced horrors of Idi Amin and genocide going, oh, man, I'm, I'm not an orphan because of this genocide, I'm an adopted, beloved child of God. And so being able to unpack those moments and have, have those uh, really cool relationships with people is just amazing. Yeah. So, Katie, for you, what is, what has that personal journey been like of just uncovering some of your own identity and how you're uniquely wired and how it connects to your sentness and specifically what you're doing with LifeWorks now? Personally, um, I have a very different life story than, than my husband does. And, um, it's amazing just to see how God has worked in both of us and in our stories. Um, I grew up in the church and I remember age nine or 10 telling my parents, um, Hey, I feel a call towards missions. Um, but not really knowing what that meant. And for a lot of years walking in that and, and then having friends who grew up as missionary kids or um, my sister after high school went and lived in Nicaragua for nine months because her heart was in South America and Central America. And um, just sitting there and realizing, okay, God hasn't placed a call on my heart towards a certain country like a lot of people um, I knew had. Um, 
but realizing that I had been put where I was so that I could live um, what how God had made me to be. Um, and through that, um, he could be glorified. So starting in college, I started working with the homeless in the city and um, just really pouring into people who were in my life um, and the neighbors that I had and such. And so um, when I met Nate, he told me he, you know, he had had this call to missions and, um, and he didn't know where it was going to take him. He thought maybe South America and, you know, he has to do that. And I still remember, um, the day he actually asked me to date him, he called me afterwards and he was like, you know, I still have to do that missions thing. Right. Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. He's like, I don't know if it's with you, without you, what that looks like, but I have to do it. And I said, yes, I get that. <laughs> I know that you have to do that. And I don't want to stop you from that. And then, um, in our, our dating and the first year of marriage was when he got to walk through LifeWorks for the first time and, um, seeing how changed he was and realizing when he came back, um, and he looked at me and he said, I think this is what I'm supposed to do. Mm. Um, and I just, I remember going, okay. And, and I really felt blessed, um, because I felt like, you know, a lot of my friends, China was their heart or Africa had their heart or, and that's wonderful. But I remember feeling that calling at such a young age, but wrestling with for so many years, well, where am I supposed to go? And realizing, oh, I don't have to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like wherever I am is where God wants me to live this way and live intentionally to build those relationships and um, to be able to speak truth into others' lives because that's what Jesus did. That's what he got to do. He got to have relationships. And as he journeyed, um, he ministered to those people. And so um, I've really seen as we've dived into LifeWorks full time, um, just kind of affirmation and, and encouragement of, okay, yeah, I didn't have to have a calling to one specific place. It was just to one specific Lord and Savior, and he gets to use yeah, that for the rest, the rest of our ministry time. So, Yeah, I want to highlight that because I think that's such a good point that sometimes we think about missions or being sent, this whole idea, as we have to go pack up our bags and go to a far-off place. And that is how God calls some people. Uh, but if it's part of our identity and not just what we do, then it, it's about everyone that we meet in every place. And so for you, you guys are doing this in somewhat of a traditional context and the fact that you are missionaries and you go all over the world and, and train and meet people. But what does it look like back home for you and for your family? What does living sent look like in the space between when, when you're not on a trip? When you're off yeah. duty. <laughs> well, we're never off duty. <laughs> but I think that's you're the, off the clock. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about living as a sent person is, I mean, you're, you're never really off yeah. the clock, uh, which is, it might sound daunting to some folks, but it really is the most freeing thing ever. The, the founder of our, our organization, he has this great quote that we love to say. Um, so every follower of Christ is sent. Mm -hmm every heart without him is a mission field. Mm. And, and that is really like what we try to, we try to live out everywhere we're at. So about a year ago, a little over a year ago, we were living in a house in the mid North end of the Springs. And we had really great connection with neighbors. Uh, we just, we, we love living into our neighborhood big time. It's just something 
I mean, there's people that we rub elbows with every single day, right? They're the closest people to us day in and day out. Um, and we loved being able to live with them. And then we had this really crazy idea of, wow, is there, we, we need to move one because we have two growing girls and it was a small, like 900 square foot house. And while we like the idea of tiny home, it's not really practical for us. Um, <laughs> yeah. Two girls and two dogs and two adults. <laughs> yeah. Full house. Sorry, yeah. But also like being able to, one of the hard things about our neighborhood is there weren't any sidewalks and it's amazing, like how not having any sidewalks really impacts the ability for, and kind of the feeling of the neighborhood mm -hmm. and people not being able to really move in between the houses and go down the streets. And we we're like, wow, it'd be really cool to live in a neighborhood that has sidewalks so that we could see people walking by and maybe, Hey, how's it going? And have some natural conversation, but also so we could do the same thing. Uh, so even something as small as that, we recognize, wow, this is, this would be really cool. So we decided to sell our house and started looking into a neighborhood that had sidewalks. <laughs> Pretty much every other neighborhood. In yeah. <laughs> it's probably not often like a selling point for folks. Right. You know, I'd like a house with two bathrooms and sidewalks. Yes. Yeah. Those were two of the three big things. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really was. Were musts on our list. <laughs> so, yeah. So we moved into, into this neighborhood on more of the east side of the Springs. And it's amazing how different it was just in the feel. Cause it, I mean, everybody's walking up and down the street all the time. People, people walking their dogs Our our dogs go a little bit crazy on that. And it was kind of, we we're initially going, Oh man, this isn't going to work. Cause we're going to be known as the house with the people with the crazy dogs and no one's going to want to talk to us, but that wasn't the case. Uh, and so we, yeah, we've gotten to know even more neighbors cause it's a much larger neighborhood. And doing things like throwing a fire pit at the end of our driveway and having hot cocoa out for people during Halloween. I got to meet so many neighbors mm. and having ideas like uh, in the middle of, in summertime, we have a projector screen that throwing up on our on our garage door and we have our projector out and doing a neighborhood drive in family movie night, mm. um, things like that. And barbecues and just really intentionally getting to love into our neighbors. Um, another thing is using LifeWorks, not just in the big seminar settings that we do overseas, but one of the things we really love getting to do and have a lot of opportunity to do here is coming alongside couples and doing even um, identity discovery and marriage counseling, yeah. just one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. with folks. It's really kind of amazing. Like, how many people don't actually know the personality type of their spouse using like Myers-Briggs or MBTI or the Enneagram or things like that going, Oh wow. One reason we have a lot of conflict is we have very opposite personalities and we kind of knew that, but now we have some language to it. Yeah. Um, those are the things we really have to do. Uh, I know this is a, it's a podcast, but, and you can't see, but I have lots of tattoos. Uh, and I mean, I, every time I go and sit in a, in a tattoo chair, just talking with my artist and going, Hey, you know, what's your story? And just having those, those really intentional moments with people of trying to see their heart. Cause if their heart is a mission field, how do I, how do I get to that field? Cause it shouldn't be that they're trying, that they're making all the leaps and bounds to know Christ through me. I think that's the essence of being sent is we're the ones doing the boundary jumping. Mm -hmm. We're the ones going out and taking the risk and trying to know others' hearts. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I think um, we do have two young girls, um, almost five and six and a half. Um, and I think for me, um, one of the big ways that um, life has been different maybe than I expected it to be as a mom and as a, a parent um, has just been helping them understand that when we have people over, um, maybe, and we end up sitting around talking for three hours instead of just eating dinner and them leaving, or um, we have friends over who are maybe in crisis and they have to remove, the kids have to remove themselves or something like that, that helping them realize that, hey, this is part of life, but this is also part of quote unquote work for mommy and daddy, like realizing that, that both that they blend together a lot and trying to help them understand a little bit more. Um, even though kids are way smarter than we give them credit for. (laughs) Um, but just helping them understand, like, this is just kind of a hazard of, of the job, but also like, this is how we feel we have been called to live life. Um, is to allow people into our homes and hearts and family um, that are broken, very obviously. And hey, we're broken too. And how would we want others, especially those who follow Christ, to receive us if we, when we are on the receiving end? Um, not if, because it is definitely a when. Um, but just having those open conversations with our kids and as a family being willing to, you know, when they're asking, hey, can we can we go do this? You know, oh, that might not be in the budget right now. Or we're having so-and-so over for dinner instead because we feel like that's where we need to be doing right now. Like, um, And then also just making sure that we do have healthy boundaries as far as ministry and family life go um, is has been crucial for our family. I think um, whenever Nate travels overseas, um, our ministry organization uh, expects him not to be in the office the week after a trip. And so trying to figure out for him and for our family what that need looks like for him, he can get a little antsy. Um, if he's not working and I, that has a lot of different reasons that he, he gets antsy, um, home with, with three females is not always a fun place to be, but, um, I'm but being I, sent outside for a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but him having to realize too, like we do need that extended time with him after a trip and, mm-hmm. and we need more, more time, um, just as our family of four, when it's been a heavy travel season or when it's not, and when there's health issues in the family or, or whatever that looks like figuring out for our family, um, what that balance between ministry, like on the clock ministry and what life look like and realizing that sometimes those lines are going to be pretty blurred, but that's okay too. And trying to make sure that um, we're doing the best we can for our family in all of this, but also realizing that our main call is truly to live, to impact the kingdom and helping our girls understand that in a way that will not damage their relationships with Christ, but that will help grow them. Well, this is good stuff, but we unfortunately are out of time. So we're going to pause our conversation here and pick it back up in the next episode of Welcome to the Table.